Welcome to the 12th episode of the Big Show Podcast. This episode begins with a nice little chill rave song called Road. It's by Lane 8 of Arctic Lake. Can't tell you I know anything else about them other than those are the names associated with this song. We've got a, got a very special guest here today. Uh, we don't have our typical co-host Ryan Fournier due to some scheduling conflicts, but that's all right. We got Mike List here today. Everybody, welcome, Mike. Mike, how are oh, you? Big job. Your worst nightmare. Four-time playoff appearance. The, the villain of the back row. It's great. Speaking of your fourth playoff appearance, you have now been in the league for four years. Correct. So, as the as one of the two expansion teams, tell us about your experience so far in. Maybe this is an opportunity to brag about how you haven't missed the playoffs in your entire career. I just, I just got to say, I hope the league keeps the same energy for me as they've been giving to Jimmy for making his first playoff appearance. I'm very <laughs> happy for my fellow expansion team, but I didn't hear many of these compliments my first and second year making the playoffs. So, um, no, it feels good. It feels good, but job's not done. I got to make it past the semis, which is the furthest I've made it. So. Appreciate you picking me, Tim. I'm coming for you. Yeah, let let's 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 dive. I want to dive into so many things right now because you just mentioned Tim picking you. But let's talk about last week's matchup because yeah, matchups because yeah. we had some things go down that dictated the playoffs. Of course, uh, you know, coming into it, the top seven teams of the top seven teams, six of them were pretty much locked in. Uh, whether it was by record or by an advantage in points, which is a tiebreaker. Uh, there were some jokes about like you maybe not making it because of a bad week, but in reality, someone needed to outscore you by like 250 points. Um, so really the only team that was kind of in jeopardy of losing out was myself. And I was going into a matchup with Phil where we were both, um, like I was seven and six and he was seven and six. So, um, if he lost, it didn't really matter. He had a big points advantage. If he won, he would have moved up to third based on how things panned out. And if I lost, I would I only needed to be outscored by about 70 by Labar and I think 100 by Brendan, and we'll get into all that. Um, so a lot of stuff happened, uh, and we'll go down the line. The first one I have is myself versus Phil. Really wasn't an exciting one. I had... One, two, three, four, five, five people on by and two guys who were out injured. Uh, so wasn't the best week for me to try and win a game to get into the playoffs. I think what's also crazy, too, is there are so many injuries last week. Uh, like that, that, that throws a wrinkle into things, um, especially as we head into, into playoff time. I can't remember the last time there's been so many injuries in the last couple of weeks, but. I think your team your team ticks when Mixon plays, and that's not because you won my basement um, with the seventy point performance. But um, like 
Obviously not a great showing all around. I love the Njoku start. I was good. But uh, Dan put out to me last week. And that's selfishly because Kyler Murray, who is on the never, ever draft list again for me, um, <laughs> uh, got me 0.8 points and I lost to Andy, which was uh, humbling. But uh, yeah, I thought I, I thought uh, last week was interesting because of the injuries. But I think when you get a good performance from Mixon, your team, your team's usually in a pretty good spot. Yeah, and unfortunately, since that week, Mixon played a game, got knocked out early, and yeah, missed, got, like, right? yeah, I got concussion, missed a few games, and then this week they kind of eased him back. He only had 16 touches, but, you know, hopefully that keeps going. But, you know, for speaking of injuries this week, Phil also um, got yeah, he burnt. Got, he got rocked. Debo, I'm looking right now. And Jeff Wilson. Yeah, Jeff Wilson. And you're like, our final score was 107.8 to 99.14. Like two playoff teams combining for 200 points. Like that's not what that's, that's bad. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about it, right? My team had injuries and buys, and I was playing a bunch of guys that really aren't that good. Um, and Phil had only got five touches from Ramondre Stevenson before he was ruled out with an ankle injury. Uh, four touches from Jeff Wilson before he was ruled out with an injury. And then Debo only had eight touches, but he ended up scoring a touchdown. He had about 15 points, but now he's out. Yeah. Uh, and so he didn't finish the game either. So really rough week for Phil, very unlucky. He was projected for 152 and scored 99. Um, so I, I, I clinched a playoff spot with that one, and Phil moved to 7-7 seven and seven because of all of his uh, his points scored. He was pretty much a shoe in there. Uh, the next one I've got. One thing that's been interesting looking at is because is like just in terms of the grander scheme of the year, points for and points against. Like, yeah, I think you know as much as I hate giving Phil compliments, making the playoffs is impressive. I think like I think he's number one in the league in points against. I think I'm number two somewhere around there, but like. Good, good, good effort to get into the playoffs, but we'll see how he does with all those people down this week. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what he's gonna have to do. He's gonna have to bring in the the replacements to to fill out his rosters at this point. But yeah, he's, I, he's got some depth, so he has some options that aren't the worst, but also aren't the best. You know, they're yeah. better than what you'd get off the waiver wire, or they're better than a lot of other teams' bench options. But it's George Pickens and Brian Robinson, and. He picked up Rex Burkhead. He's probably going to have to play all three of those. So, um, how afraid of you of Rex Burkhead are you? We'll talk about that. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it yet. We'll talk about it because uh, I'm frightened. Uh, but to roll through next week, you know, Chris played Fournier. Fournier had an outsider's chance of making it. Uh, he needed to outscore a bunch of people and win. I appreciate uh, him showing up last week with a solid seventy points. That yeah. Was good. Yeah. Showing up last week is being uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping 70.8 to Chris's 192, essentially. I rounded up a little bit there. Chris moved to 12 and 2, Fournier to 6 and 8. I mean, four, five guys, six guys that were on Fournier's roster last week are no longer on his team. Uh, <laughs> he's He's got his keepers and he's just playing around with waiver wire yeah. guys and seeing what happens. Um, Chris with just another dominant performance, you know, he moved to 12 and two, he's finished the league with most points. 
He had 25 from Herbert, 10 from Cook, 34 from Miles Sanders, 37 from Justin Jefferson, who didn't even catch a touchdown. Uh, 26 from Tyreek, 17 from Lockett, 4 from Mark Andrews, 23 from Pollard, and then about 13 from his kicker in defense. So, like, his team's loaded, got a lot of weapons. Um, even I with Mark like Andrews has been underwhelming the last couple of weeks, too. And, like, you're getting 190, one of the best tight ends in the league, getting you three. It's just, that's scary. I hate giving Chris credit, too, but I love the villain role he's playing in the league. It's good awesome. to have. Yeah, I'm sure you might talk about this before, but that Tyreek trade was that was a nice move. That was a good it, move. It was a good move for him. He it was kind of what put me in a position to be like, eh, might as well try and get a draft pick or something, maybe yeah. make a move. I mean, I didn't have to trade Ken Walker, but at the end of the day, um I wouldn't have had options the way I have options now, and I wouldn't have a first or second round pick and whatever. So um, in the playoffs, and I was able to get some draft equity back. But I mean, to go back to Mark Andrews from starting in week seven, he got hurt in the game. He only got half a point. Yeah, he he played the next week, got six points. Then he missed week nine with an injury. Then he had his bye week. Then he came back and he had twelve, and eleven, and nine and a half, and then three. Yeah, how he's the number two tight end. Yep. We've done shit the last five weeks. Which is just, I mean, speaks volumes to how shitty tight ends are. Um, <laughs> yeah. But also kind of speaks volumes to how he started, right? He had 10, then he had 28, then he had 29, then he had three. And I think that was kind of just a crazy weird game in Buffalo or in Baltimore, but against Buffalo. And then 23, and then 25. So like, I've, I've also converted to red zone because I'd rather watch paint dry than watch the Patriots this year. But like, I feel like every single time, I turn on red zone, Tower Lockett's catching a touchdown. It's <laughs> insane. Like, single time. And if he's not catching a touchdown, he's catching a pass over the middle and immediately falling to the yeah, ground. Yeah, he like, hates getting hit. Yeah. Like Dion Branch. <laughs> that is impressive. It really is. That's how pretty much how he's staying healthy in the league. The Tony Pollard situation is an interesting one. Like, he's free agent at the end of the year. Does he get a big contract? What does that mean for Zeke? I don't, I really don't want to keep him again, but I love Tony Pollard to go away for forever. So like, very interesting situation. Yeah, I. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, actually, and we agreed that Pollard, running back, he's got to go after the money. Hundred percent. Because if he do, he, this is his opportunity, this is his only chance to get like a big contract or some guaranteed money before he risks injury and then all of a sudden his career could easily just be gone. Cause that's what happens to running backs. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Cowboys pay up because just my opinion, I, I think they should. Zeke, they, he's, a, he's a 10 times better running back than Zeke is. Yeah. I mean, he's so explosive. Just anytime he touches the ball, it could be a touchdown. Zeke has literally turned into like a faster, Jerome Bettis. It's just like 40 yards, 20 <laughs> carries, two touchdowns. It's, that's literally all I hope for now. Pollard, oh. 15 yard run, get it to the three, and you bring in the seat. Punch it home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. I, I was curious to see like if they would develop a good relationship because you know one thing we talked about too is 
two running backs can thrive in the same offense and they usually start to feed off of each other. Yeah. And it's either they feed off each other and they are both great. Like, like my comparison was Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams a couple of years ago, Um, or they kind of drift apart. And I think uh, another one would be Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara a few years ago. Yeah. Um, It can happen and it is happening. And I think, we're seeing them go in such a positive direction. Like they freaking love each other. Well, I also yeah. can't tell, like that team's gone through a lot with the Dak Prescott situation, Cooper Rush, like they've handled a decent amount of adversity. Like that just might be more part of the team's DNA, but I, I can't get it out of my head. of just like the Cowboys being synonymous with choking. Right. So like, I don't know, like they, they got something good going on down there though. It seems like they get along. They're, they're beating the brakes off of some teams too. I don't I know that NFC East is scary. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens next time they play the Eagles. Yeah, um, big time, big time. And you know, I think as far as this matchup, Forney versus Chris, Chris wiped the floor of them. Sorry, co-host, but it just wasn't your week, wasn't your season. That's why you gave up like six weeks ago. Um, the next matchup was uh, a little bit of a soft spot here because it's Andy versus you, Mike, here on the pod. And Andy was projected for 98. He ended up scoring 137. Yeah, you got to love Eric McKinnon going off for like 40 points. That was great. That's so insane. <laughs> it's seven receptions for 112 yards and two. He had two touchdowns, one over 40 plus yards. So, yeah, like what do you say to that? There's nothing you can say. It's actually quite funny, right? So, he got 31 from Goff, 37 from McKinnon, 22 from Peoples Jones. Two zeros. Yeah, he had 31 from Jamar Chase. I didn't even realize that. He had a two and a three. It's like all of his points came from the same four guys. Oh, it's amazing. I literally needed Kyler Murray to stay in for like four more minutes. And then it was over. Yep. But unfortunately, uh, Kyler's on IR, torn ACL. Um, Derrick Henry, I he's owned the Jacksonville Jaguars for the last three years. Yeah, it's like every time he plays the Jags, you can pencil him in for like forty fantasy points. And I don't think I'm exaggerating because, yeah. and this was the same thing. The first half he had all of his points. They, I think they, I think they said he got three yards in the second half. So either that's terrible play calling, or they figured it out. I'm going to go with the first, the former, but like. Yeah, it's wild. He has their number. He did. He fumbled twice. Yeah, he fumbled. Like, yeah, it's. Remember he there's... fumbled. Remember he had that eighty-yard run. He fumbled on the one-yard line, and Fournier got the touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's good that like if Henry is starting to get a little worn down, all that's happening is he's fumbling a little bit more. You know, it's like. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about like maybe Derrick Henry's starting to fall off because he had um, three out of four weeks weren't that great. Yeah. But I mean, one of those three that weren't that great, he had 16 and a half and sandwiched in there was a 28 point performance. So, like, it seemed a lot worse than it really was. I think the league wants his downfall more than it's actually happening. I don't think he has three or four more years, but I think he's got maybe one of elite, of an elite performance. But yeah, you've got to stop fumbling. It's unacceptable. 
it's kind of like I was listening to Fantasy Focus podcast and Field Yates was Field Yates was saying, look, if I have Christian Watson in my lineup, I'm starting him because no matter what, if I don't, and he continues to do what he's been doing for five weeks, I'm gonna look like the biggest idiot of yeah, all time. Yeah. And it's like with Derrick Henry, he's 28. He's got a lot of miles on there, but you're not going to treat him in any other way other than what he's been for the last few years. Because the second you do that, if the next game or the next season, he's just as good, you look like a damn fool. You kind of, you just got to ride it out because he's the fourth rated running back and fifth, 15th player overall. And, and whatever. I mean, I think he's still, he still has one more game against the Jags. So <laughs> got, got to hold out hope. I'm just, yeah. we're not looking forward to the playoffs, but I was channeling my inner little bar this morning and I thought of the uh, the Ewing theory that Bill Simmons used to talk about how the Knicks were better when Patrick Ewing went down. Yeah. I literally despise Kyler Murray with all my passion. And I'm really hoping that the Ewing theory proves fruitful for my team and we ride the back of Ryan Tannehill through the playoffs. So, is, we'll Tan- is Tannehill the guy? Is he who you're moving with? I don't know. I picked up Mike White. If he still yeah. has, so we'll see. But um, yeah, I gotta go with one of them. Going with, I, I have to make up for last year. I actually have to start a quarterback in the playoffs. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, can you, not to get off the weekly recaps or anything, but what, what was going on in your brain that day when you decided not to? There wasn't much. I was morbidly hungover. <laughs> uh, I was seriously unwell, and um. Uh, I it got to be twelve fifty five and they hadn't made a call yet. And then next thing you know, I go on TikTok for a couple of videos and he's ruled out and the roster's locked. And then I muted <laughs> notifications from Sleeper and took a break from fantasy sports for about a week for about a month and a half. Yeah, that was probably the right decision. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was a low light. Um, I didn't apologize to Andy and Fournier, but uh, all the conspiracy theories of me. Uh, tanking in the playoffs is just utterly ridiculous. He's just a bad roster man. Yeah, it's a uh, definitely one of the more surprising things. I remember looking at it, and be like, "Oh my god, he actually didn't start a quarterback." What? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was one of those weird things too. I think, I think thinking back on, it, I think Lamar's game was at one. I think I actually had Tannehill on my bench too, but I think yeah. his game was at like eight, and I was like, kind of like, "Screw it, I'll roll the dice." And it didn't work. So it yeah. worked. Yeah. Yeah. Good win, Drew. Yeah. You didn't last week. Yep. Drew moves to five and nine and he fell to seven and seven, but still clinched the spot. I feel like we also gotta, gotta talk about this Max Drew rivalry. Like I there's there's a lot of shade being thrown from Max where it's yeah. like, what's the saying? You don't throw stones inside of a glass house. Yeah. Yeah. And, there, there may or may not be a, a a little bit of a smaller group chat where Andy sent that exact gif to Max in response oh, wow. to trash talking, where he oh, wow. has a little animated character throwing a rock through a tiny little glass house. <laughs> so, I just want, I just want to know the backstory there. There's got to be something else going on, but uh, look, it's just a couple of guys who've been in the league for 18 years and haven't won a championship and <laughs> don't know what to do with themselves. There's like. Ah, uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not in the playoffs again. I think I'm gonna shit on someone. I just love Max's career, like 370 win percentage, and he wins 10 games last year. And Andy's just getting 
tire marks all over his back right now. It's just yeah. like, yeah, ruthless. And and Max will always say, I'm not not concerned about what happened in high school. It's so <laughs> what have you done for me lately, league? And Max, the last two years has had a decent record. There you go. There you go. So, uh, it's too funny. I, they should just keep brawling forever. I mean, it's, it's class entertainment. I love it. I love it. it. It's amazing. the The next matchup here was another interesting one. Jimbo had a chance to um to clinch the third seed with a win. Yeah. I mean, wow! And, and he dropped ninety three or ninety four points against Kareem, who was two and eleven. You should. You should. Can you say that again for people in the back? He lost to Kareem, who was two and eleven, and I don't think he's won a seed. <laughs> yes. Before that, he had lost like nine games in a row, maybe eight. I don't know. So, Jimmy's like, also got a, Jimmy's also got a bunch of players who are uh, sitting out practice right now too. Yeah, Not excuses, but Bucks D. Oh wow, would he have won if the Bucks D didn't get minus points? Hundred percent. Oh uh, my god! Wait, wait, would he have tied? Am I getting the math right? I got. What is it? Is ninety-eight point four? Ninety-three point nine two plus four point five eight. He would have won by point one. Wow. Wow. All I needed was zero. And <laughs> that right there is why you never know what the fuck is gonna happen in fantasy. That's football. how I, that's why I'm reserving space for the playoffs. You never know. You never what fucking a, know. What a resurgence from Josh Jacobs, though. Like my god. I looked up his stats a couple of days ago. They are insane. Yeah, he's number two right running back, eighth overall. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Good and by Jimmy, what, he got him like a couple rounds in, right? He got him in the first round. He took him before uh, AJ Dillon. And I was on my third man Mosa at that point. So, oh, yeah. man Mosa, I forget what is a man Mosa? Is that a mimosa with vodka? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want one so bad right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I said when you told me what a yeah. mimosa was during oh, yeah. the draft. It's like, God, I want one right now. They were delicious. Yeah, it, it was a rough week for Jimbo. He had 27 points from Mahomes to 32 for Kirk Cousins, 22 for Jacobs to 14 for Damian Pierce. And then the rest of the matchup was just kind of shitty. Um, we'll highlight A.J. Brown had 17 for Jim and then 11 from Fournette. I love, then, I love yeah. the time inspiring the GM because of AJ Brown shit pretty much, but he's been yeah. good too. Uh, like I'm, it's hard to say that the Titans are just going to go on a free fall now because it just seems like ever since that has happened, like it happened after the Eagles game, which was two weeks ago, right? Yeah, and that was an embarrassing game for them, and follow up an embarrassing game for a team who could have, should have beat the Chiefs yeah. weeks ago. Could have, would have been number one in the conference to getting embarrassed by the Eagles, firing their GM, and then losing in an embarrassing way to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And who, like now, all of a sudden, that division essentially isn't over yet. They could have, yeah. like, had it wrapped up. And the GM situation is just weird. Weird. Like, that doesn't, that just doesn't happen. Right. No, no, no. And, like, I think I read an article on The Ringer saying, like, you know, they went, they could have. They have contracts that are set up for win now, um, 
but they made draft decisions and free agent decisions that were based on like winning later. So like they didn't invest enough into right now. And that's factors in with the AJ Brown trade where they traded him for first round pick of which they drafted a wide receiver. Yeah, you think about AJ Brown, Derek Henry is not going to be around forever. Ryan Tannehill's 34. And I get the Malik Willis, whatever his name is, pick, but at the same time, like you need to hit on your second to fourth round picks too. And yeah. you're trading them away or you're letting your best players go. It's not the best look when you have one of the best running backs in the league. And Tannehill's not bad. He's not a great fantasy quarterback, but he manages the game well. It's just weird. Yeah. And like they've been in the playoffs for a couple of years now. Mike Vrabel's yeah. People say is like the best coach in the NFL, so arguably he is. Yeah. Um, it's like you gotta figure this is kind of just what the Titans have always done, right? Under him, like they've been great and then they've fallen off, and then they've gone on good runs and they've been embarrassed in games. And it's like I do a weekly pick them thing, and I always get so scared if I pick for the Titans because they could easily cover. Or they could just as easily get blown out, and it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of, weird. It's kind of weird. It's like the Titans are like that, like perennial, like quote unquote overachiever. But it's like like the early two thousand Chiefs with like Alex Smith, like they were performing, but no one really thought much of them. But now it's like, at what point are you underperforming because yeah. you actually should be? Because you okay. get to this, you get to the same point every year, and then you don't get any further. You know, and right. it's like. So uh, I'm sure that all ties into the GM being fired, but it's not like he did a bad job. They were making the playoffs. So he fired in the middle of the season. I still feel like maybe there's something else going on. 100%. But, but hopefully Jimmy's team has short-term memory and can wipe that one off. Yeah. Big game this week against Chris. You know, thankfully that didn't happen in the playoffs. There you go. Boom. There you, you go. go. The, but even all that, Jimbo um, still finished fourth. So, on the next one, we had Max versus Labar. Labar was six and seven. Max was five and eight. This was an opportunity for Labar to sneak in. He had the best chance coming in to uh, win and then get a tiebreaker in points. And Did he, for, he had the best chance. Yeah, going into the week, he was he was in eight. No, he was in. Yeah, he was in eighth because he was he needed oh, seventy what? points. What a terrible week for Aaron to have an Aaron Jones bye week and Lamar fit. That is tough. Yeah. Yeah, that, it, it was rough. And, and, he, and you lose to your neighbor, which makes it even worse. Yeah, and Max, Max has laid claim to that neighborhood now. Lamar <laughs> can't say shit. <laughs> I want to put wins in an arm wrestle. Ooh, Max yeah. versus Lamar arm wrestle? Yeah. I, I would watch the shit out of that on live. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you mentioned TikTok earlier, we're talking about arm wrestling, watching it live. Like, there's some crazy shit on TikTok where people just get paid to scratch tickets. Like, That's did you know our dream job? It really is. <laughs> like, it's insane. There are people who get paid to peel a shell off an egg, and like people just send them money. And like, like oh. in America, or like, yeah, wow. I'm okay. sure not everyone's watching them in America, but, I, but it's throughout the whole world. Various fucking people, but it's very weird. And some of the shit is so, like, worrisome. Like, people just recording themselves sleeping with loud music playing. And, like, dude, I'm in the wrong profession. 
because that's <laughs> what they do. You would you would crush something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I just gotta figure out what fucking weird ass thing to do. Uh, um, kind of trash. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so is Max's. No, no. Well, I mean, I like Saquon. Saquon's good. And Jonathan Taylor's good too. Jonathan Taylor, yeah, he's, yeah. But he was on a bye last week, and yeah, that just that that's a tough break for Lamar. Cordell, Aaron Jones, and Lamar on out last week. I mean, tough yeah. to come back to that. Yeah, I mean that's why he made that move for Latavius Murray, who only had seven. Kenyon Drake, he only had two. Do you had... see each other before they go over and hang out, or do you think they just? walk over each other's house. I think they send like a little yo, you good? <laughs> yeah, come yeah, come through. <laughs> well knowing how back makes time, they'll text at like four and then show up at eight. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would love I, I love how they're getting back into Madden though. That's 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 great. That's great to see. They're getting back into Madden. Yeah. yeah. I miss yeah. playing video games. The uh the beauties of having kids. Speaking of Kids, I think you're. I'm just picturing Max's kids and Labar's kids just wreaking havoc in that oh neighborhood. In like I didn't even think years. about. I didn't even think about that. Wow, <laughs> wow, that's legendary. Actually, we keep yeah. trying. We try. We keep trying to get them to have a block party. Uh, they're. I, I think they're saying no for a reason. But sounds like a lame ass reason to say yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, I'm so down with that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, unfortunately, their uh, their real lives seem to be much more entertaining than this fantasy matchup last yeah, week, where Max dropped one hundred five and Labar dropped eighty seven. Uh, Max moved up to six and eight. Labar fell to six and eight. Uh, I believe Max still finished tenth in the league. 14, 12, 13, 14, 13, 12, or eleventh. I think he's eleventh. And Labar, I think, finished ninth or so, ninth or tenth. And, you know, moving on to the next one. Uh, next one was what was supposed to be the least entertaining matchup of the week, but ended <laughs> up being very entertaining considering all the other ones were shit. It was uh, two and 11 Patrice versus 12 and one Mike's Decidus. Patty uh, almost played the role of Spoiler pretty well. Dude, I was. I don't want to make you upset, Mike, but I was kind of rooting for Pat to upset you because I just wanted to see a blow up. And going from the clear favorite to a lot of people and having that first round by pretty much locked up since you beat Chris um, to go to last week, losing to one of the worst two teams in the league. That would have been wildly entertaining. Uh, but you held on. Thanks to Austin, Austin Eckler, old reliable. Uh, you dropped 137 to Pat's 128. Uh, interesting storyline for Pat, you know, 21 and a half from J.K. Dobbins, who's been so just odd this he year. I him pretty low, too, though, I feel like. I forget what he did. Um, he traded a, in August of 2021, he traded Ronald Jones a, tw- a third and a future sixth for J.K. Dobbins. I feel like that's if he pans out, that's 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 good value. Yeah, look, and he's he's twenty three. Um, 
if he he's going to be kept again this year, and if he has a good year next year, then Pat wins that trade by a landslide. It's actually kind of wild. Patty even got 130, considering he got four from the quarterback. Yeah, four from Derek Carr. He had 23 from Chark. He had nine from Russell Gage. 19 from Waiver Wire, Richie James, or whatever his name is. And six from Kittle, six from Homer. He had 17 from Bills D. So, you know, interesting to almost drop 130 when you get four points from your quarterback. I mean, the funny the funny thing are, are not funny, but like Chris and Mike's team are just both so stacked. But Mike had some weeks where he's just blown the roof off the place, scoring over 200. But he's also had a couple of weeks where he's scoring in the 130s, right? So, like, I feel yeah. like Chris, is, Chris hasn't had many in the 130s. But Mike just had some juggernaut weeks, so we'll see how that pans out in the playoffs. Because Patty and caught him in a bad week. Yeah, and, and look, I think um, to your point, another way to say it is Mike has shown that any team is beatable. Yeah, and more often than Chris has this year, um, Mike will probably go on and win the whole league because his team is that <laughs> crazy. Yeah, but like it's just it's funny to point out, like yeah, I I beat him, I and mean, that's a big reason why I made the playoffs. No I looked big at. Deal. I looked at that – I was 1-4, and I looked at that game and was like, I can't. I have to win all the other ones. I have to get really lucky against Mike or Chris or win every single other game, and I got really lucky against Mike. So it's possible. That's that's the theme of tonight. Anything, Anything is possible. Is, yes. And then our last uh, matchup Wait, from – When you beat him, it was 130 to 123? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So like, nice, nice win, man. Yeah. Well, thank you. I had a really good week that week. <laughs> <laughs> My team's such a joke. I love it. Um, the last one was also uh, actually probably the matchup of the week. Yeah. Uh, Brendan came in at six and seven. Tim at eight and five. And you know, Brendan needed to outscore me and have me lose and have him win. I think you need outscoring by like hundred and forty or something like that. And he really wasn't that far off from doing that. He was only like 50 points away, I think, because um, I don't know if you can see it, Mike, but the total points, I can't really find it real quick. But I was trying to find that earlier. I couldn't find it. Yeah, for whatever reason, the app has like the playoff bracket instead of, oh, no, I just hit standings. You can scroll down. Yeah. Boom. Standings. Um, Brendan only, he finished 50 points behind me. So like, Considering how far away he was, he was like 130, finished 50, like it almost happened. Um, but he he dropped 181 and a half to Tim's 159. And as entertaining as this game was and as much that was at stake, it really didn't make a difference. You know, Brendan won, but still didn't make it. And Tim lost, and Tim still finished with the three seed. So, um, yeah, I mean. 41 points from Evan Ingram. Yeah. What the hell? That's... See, like, people are all excited about the Jags and Trevor Lawrence, and they're like, oh, they're coming around, they're coming around, they're coming around. But, like, they were getting their ass beat. Henry Henry fumbled twice. Evan Ingram had 11 receptions for 162 yards and two touchdowns. Um, ETN had a shit game, didn't hey, do anything. It's like, that is the definition of odd weird fucking game that you just cannot base anything off of 
moving forward. Like, am I going to be surprised if the Jags go out this week against Dallas and lose 40 to nothing? No. No, no, no. No. But maybe they'll win. Who the fuck knows? They're they're the Jags. For for Brendan missing, um, missing out, I do I do like him. I do like his keepers for for um for the most part. I think he's done a decent job of assembling the team if, if McCarthy if uh McCaffrey can stay healthy. I like them team too. Yeah, uh, I mean, look, Brendan's story has been the same for a couple of years now. He's got four good keepers and then not much behind behind that because he had invested some future draft picks. Yeah. Um you know, unfortunately for him, he's had a shit ton of injuries with his two best wide receivers and yep. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Deontay Johnson has arguably had the most disappointing season for a wide receiver in fantasy football. Big time. Um so like you put that together, he still finished seven and seven and was only fifty points away from making the playoffs. Uh Albert. Albert. It, it's great. So I mean Brendan hasn't made I think he's this is the first time he's missed the playoffs in a little while. So he, he's been around and he's not messing around, but he might it might be time for him to make a change or he could easily just ride it again next year and yeah. see what happens. And I mean uh, Tim's team is really good. He's got a lot yeah. of good keeper options. Good. I'm petrified of Hurts. Yeah. So that I mean that was the last one of last week. So that, let's talk about uh let's do the playoffs now. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, who aren't listening yet, the rules in our league is the first place team gets a buy. The second place team has until noon on Tuesday to make a decision of who they want to play. They choose between the remaining five playoff teams. Can I just say, I thought it was so funny. Andy saying, okay, you're on the clock and you have four hours to pick. Yep. And inevitable complaint comes in from Chris. And Andy's snap response is being, it's always been this way, man. We do the same thing every year. And I tried to like throw a little plug in there for the pod. Be like, we should do extend it to the pod so we could do the announcement. But like, no, we do this every year. It's noon and then it's 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, and, and Chris didn't disappoint. You know, he took the time out of his work day to put a little video together and. To his credit, he sacked up. He took the challenge for weeks now. On the pod and in the chat, Jimbo has been challenging Chris to pick him, saying, you won't, you won't, I'm going to beat you, come get some. And Chris relies on his on his spreadsheet for all of his decision-making, and all of his, the signs from the spreadsheet said, pick James. His team is not as good as everyone else's in the playoffs. And he was like, you know what? Fuck the spreadsheet. I'm going after Jim. I love it. I thought it was, I thought it was uh, great, great showmanship. Um, we'll see what happens on uh, on this weekend. But no, yeah. was, I, I think um, it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't, for Chris. Right? Like, yeah, it's kind of a lose lose scenario. Like he should win any of the matchups he's in that he picked. Yep. That he picked. But just like the incessant chirping from Jimmy was just all time. Yeah. All-time. And like, you're right. He was damned if he did, damned if he didn't, because no matter what he did, someone was going to be like, Yeah, you're scared. Like, well, you were the first one to call him pussy. Yeah. Like, 
being handcuffed. <laughs> but like then he did, and it's like, oh wow, like you could lose. Yeah. But, so you just didn't want to pick me because it'd be more embarrassing if you lost. You were scared. He's like, dude, I'm over you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love it. But this is gonna be a very interesting matchup. Um, you know, Chris is projected for 164, Jimbo for 144. At the quarterback position, we've got Mahomes against Houston versus Herbert against Tennessee. I know Herbert's had a bad year. I know he's been disappointing, but the last four weeks, he's gone 24 and a half, 32 and three and three, two thirds, yeah. 23 and a half, and almost 26. So, like, he's on a good run. He's got his wide receivers healthy. He's playing against arguably the worst pass defense in the NFL. So yeah, like that's, that's gonna be a shootout, I feel like. You never go against Mahomes. I, I feel like I feel like the the matchup swings based on what performance Jimmy gets from Montgomery. If Jimmy gets a big performance from Montgomery, that's huge. Yeah, and like he's gonna get what he's gonna get from Josh Jacobs because we've seen it all year. Dalvin is projected for twenty for Chris, but he has not had twenty points since Week ten where he had twenty nine, and then week eight where he had twenty nine. Chris uh, just needs to hope for a shoulder injury so Dalvin comes back in and scores three and touchdowns. Scores. Yeah, and like he's only scored over twenty points three times this year. Like he's still RB twelve, which is really I good. I feel like he perennially like projected to score over eighteen every week too. Yeah, it's uh, it's the that's also the sleeping giant too. Like don't wake the beast. He could just, yeah. he could explode for forty this week, and then Jimmy yeah. Hundred percent, and like he's playing the Colts. Josh Jacobs playing New England. I don't think those are like the best matchups for running backs, but they're not the worst either. Um, and then Miles Sanders, who's really coming along against Montgomery, they're playing in the same game in real life, and yeah. the matchup swings in Chris's favor here with Miles Sanders against Chicago compared to Montgomery against Philly. That's and Bears are probably going to be behind. What are they going to do to catch up? Who knows? And. Okay. Pretty surprising how bad Amari's been since Deshaun's been back. I figured his value would or not value, I figured he'd be doing better, but there's been no synergy either. Yeah, it's like you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago and we kind of thought like Amari should continue to do what he's doing because you can't say Deshaun's not better than Jacoby Brissett. Um, but we didn't put enough stock in the fact that Deshaun hasn't played in like a year and a half, two years. And yeah. He's got to get into a rhythm, and you can't. It's very difficult to get into a rhythm in Week 13 in the NFL. Chris's team is so scary. You've got between Tyreek, Jefferson, Dalvin, and I'll even throw Pollard in there. Like all four of those people can go 40. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. That's the thing that scares me most about Chris's team. Like you're not going to go over four. One of them are going to get their points. Yeah, like one of them every single. 100%. And the other ones who don't get the 40, they probably will get 15 to 22. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, like, Chris's team is really good. Those wide receivers you mentioned are just so cheap. And, like, Jimbo's got Amari, A.J. Brown, and Drake London. Um, it's – I love that Drake London's in there right now. Um, I don't think he would be if Portland Sutton was yeah. 100% healthy. Yeah. But it's an exciting time. It's week 15. It's the playoffs. Roll the round. dice, Jimbo. Roll the dice. And what's his name is playing for the Falcons? Ritter? Riddler? Yeah, yeah. 
Um, yeah, Desmond Ritter. Ritter, yeah. So, like, who knows? Yeah, who knows? It's such, like, a, it's a ballsy move in the playoffs that I respect so much. Like, I yeah. hope we see Drake London in this lineup and in this matchup. And like, a, 20, a 20 bomb for me would just be so good. Oh, be amazing. So good. Uh, let's make a prediction here, right? So, like, we obviously agree Chris has got the little bit of an advantage here. He's projected to win by 20. But it's not all about what's happening in football. Sometimes it's just about fate and destiny. And I'm going to say Chris, I'm going to say Chris squeaks one out. Yeah. It's going to be a lot closer than the spread would appear. I do agree this is going to be a very close one. And I yeah. want to pick Jimbo for the upset so bad. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if that happens, it will be a meltdown of nuclear proportions. From Craig. <laughs> <laughs> you know we're going to hear it, too. Um, what I want to happen is I want Jimbo to do the upset. So that, yeah. that's that's what that's what's going to – that's that's my guess. Where would, this, where would this rank in the history of Big Show of upsets? It's up there. It would be a. It has to be up there, right? Especially yeah. considering the chirping, and mm-hmm. like where Chris, who he could have taken you, who's, you know, not Most, as good as me. Yeah. Nope. Not yeah. as good. Um, it is very reminiscent of what. Obviously, I was involved in it, so I have that bias there. I think the biggest upset in Big Show history was me beating Phil in the playoffs because. I forget exactly how it played out, but he ended up choosing me or I chose him. His team was so much better than mine. And like I was projected to lose by a shit ton. And he had Kamara, Julio, all these studs playing in the Saints versus Bucks game. Uh not Yeah, yeah. No, Saints Falcons, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and like every it was just a great matchup for all of his guys, and it just didn't work out. And I got extremely fucking lucky. So like it reeks of this because I was also challenging Phil like crazy, like come get some. And yeah. So one, I, one, one thing I've, one thing I've been pondering and maybe it's a topic for another day, but how much do you think the expansion to 14 teams has hindered some of the perennial performers in the past? It's a lot tougher to compete in an extra, with extra two, two extra teams. It's a very good question, and I want to throw some things to uh, co-commissioner Andy's way because he's he and Chris like to do the research. They they know how to do it, and I think it's something that's really cool to look at. Like, what is everyone's record since the expansion teams came? Well, in? look, I, I I remember when you guys would talk about like Kareem, the juggernaut. Like, I think Kareem was good my first year. He's had a top three last three years. Yeah, like I'm not just one that jumps off to mind. Not not to say that. Kareem's not going to be back again, but it is it is an interesting wrinkle. Adding two extra teams just creates makes it that much harder. You know, it's kind of like the fantasy basketball team league. You throw two other extra people in there, the the talent becomes so thin. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I forgot to check my lineup again this week for basketball. I'm in a big learning curve with that league. I'm going to tell Gainsey you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, it's bad. Um, but yeah, I think it's worth looking into because like. Not, not to, not to say that, you know, to put on any specific commissioners, but you know, Kareem was one that was like, I think he's the highest win percentage in the history of the league. I think but, so, yeah. But like, 
how how hard how hard how much harder is that 14 teams compared to 10 i don't know goes back to max's point what have you done for me lately (laughs) (laughs) so we want that we want that uh that homework assignment on our desk by friday morning please yeah friday morning please drew thanks the uh the next playoff matchup is you mike list versus tim we have you projected for 146 tim projected for 150 basically 151 we've got jalen hurts versus Tannehill. Tannehill obviously is playing the chargers in that game and i think that matchup kind of favors Tannehill because in theory, well, I would say I love them losing to the Jags and needing to win this week for both him and Henry's benefit. Yeah, so, I agree with that. And but he could also walk out and hang five points easily. Yeah, I know that's that's <laughs> tough like, part. Very easily. And and unfortunately, he's going head to head with Jalen Hurts, who's playing against the Bears, and Jalen Hurts is the number one player in yeah, fantasy. He, he's probably MVP vote at this point, right? I think so. I mean, they've got the best record easily and they he just looks fantastic everything he just looks great and for running backs you know this is an interest this is a very interesting matchup you guys have two very good teams and close in talent so it's henry versus james connor obviously i think the advantage is going to go to derrick henry but james yeah. connor for the last month has also been very good um well he what but again like i think you have to look at anyone on the cardinals even deandre how much does the defense approach defensive approach to the Cardinals chains without Kyler Murray and right? Like can he crowd the box with fucking Colt McCoy? Like there's it's a lot of different implications for for Cardinals players. Yeah. I've kind of like a pattern I see, and I think like Mike White might fall into this category. Um with like the Colt McCoys in the world where like they're good backup quarterbacks and uh, maybe even Taylor Heineke. Where like they're good when they get their chance, they're very motivated and they go all out and they perform well for like a, a couple of weeks, and then teams start to figure them out and they fall off a cliff and they go back to being a backup. And um, we might be seeing that with Mike White. We saw it with him last year. Um, we've seen it with Colt McCoy plenty of times to the point where like he played the, most of the game last week and now it's the next week. I I don't know if he's going to do that well because it's not that hard to figure out. Um, but I do think that kind of plays into James Conner's hands. Yeah. Because you're going to have to rely on him a lot more um, or just a lot. So I, yeah. I think that's an interesting head-to-head matchup. And then you got – Nick Chubb's Nick Chub, Nick a stud. Yeah. Like a stud. He's, he's a great player. And I think DeAndre versus Devontae, like, again, I, I love – for Tim having hurts the Devonta, I think that's that's nice. I think it's candidly pretty evenly matched all around, to be honest. Um, yeah, because then what you've got, he's got T. Higgins, you got Ayuk. I mean, T. Higgins is banged up, but he pre- he did a limited practice today. He's always banged up, man. Like always. That's why, like looking back on it, when you got pissed at me over the summer about the trades. I love T. Higgins. He's just yeah. always injured. Yeah. Always. Injured. It's. Honestly, I think he's he's he has been probably the most traded player this year. Um, my I, I traded for him in the offseason, and I traded him away, and I traded back for him, and I got rid of him again because I was like, 
he isn't hurt all the fucking yeah. time. Like yeah. I took the risk, and I can't do it anymore. I do uh, like, I do like not to go ahead, but I do like what I'm seeing from Brock Purdy. But like, makes me wonder what A would been projected with no Debo and Jimmy still quarterback. Like, yeah, he's he's a, he's number one right now with with Kittle. Like, not many options on that offense outside of him and Kittle. And no, but, and I I think Ayuk's very good in take Debo out of the picture. He's going to get more targets opportunities. He, he's going to, this is the perfect time to have Ayuk. I think he's really good. So I, I think, think, I think this matchup can be a heartbreaker on one side or the other. I think we're both probably going to put up more points than we're projected. I don't know why I just do. Yeah. Uh, I still haven't rash, rationalized why Tim chose me. I don't know why. Maybe it's revenge from two years ago, but. Well, I mean, Part of what Chris said in his video was he didn't want to do a front row on front row crime. And that's why he chose Jim on top of all the other reasons. And Tim agreed that, yeah, I was probably the best team to choose. And then he was he highlighted Phil's injuries, which are very much a problem. And he then said I he doesn't want to do the. uh front row on front row crime either so we went with you to beat him twice i would just hate for an expansion team to beat him twice in the playoffs that would, that'd be tough that would be tough that would be tough a guy who's looking for his second ring to not be able to defeat an expansion team two out of the four years that's yeah. that tim, tim you're gonna have some decisions to make you're gonna have to look in the mirror long and hard if you don't pull this one off and i love it though i think it's a i think this this is probably I mean, outside of yours and your, like, there's just great matchups in the first week. You versus Phil, so much history. Yeah. Chris with the smack talk. And then, and then, uh, Tim calling me out. I love it. It's great. And like, I didn't even know you beat him in the playoffs a couple of years ago. So bring that up. It's like, you've got a budding rivalry here. Yeah. So. Resorted to like a reverse jinx and like changed his team name to like Mike's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All time stinky desperation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, those were peak reverse jinx days. Those are unbearable, but also yeah. entertaining. Yeah, like after Ayuk and Higgins, though, like I think maybe the next. There's so this is such a good matchup, like Juju versus Pittman, two guys who've had up and down years, but Pittman has hasn't scored a touchdown since like week two or something like that. Um, let I'm me so make. They can get someone to film the ball. No, I apologize. He has only scored two touchdowns this year. He scored a touchdown two weeks ago and in week one. Yeah. Um, He still is getting a lot of targets. So, like, everything still points in the right direction for him. He's got a good matchup. Uh, But Juju continues to prove that if he's healthy, Mahomes is going to throw it to him a bunch. And Yeah, he's not an explosive receiver, but he's, like, a good possession receiver. He gets a lot of targets. He's on 40, 50 yard touchdowns, but he's almost like a tight end in a wide receiver's body when he's healthy. Yeah, and he's got the speed to to pop one. So, like, Juju's an interesting character. And then, like, the tight end position might be what it comes down to. Uh, Yeah. You know, you've got Hawkinson, who's been pretty solid. Yeah, but if you remove his 50 point week, his year has been dog shit. Another guy I'll probably, well, if you refuse to touch ever again. Yeah. I think you. He single-handedly won me a week with 50 points. 
And then he's been hovering right around 10 since then. That was week four against the Saints. He had 42 points. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Um, but then look at the rest. It's been pretty terrible. You know what I mean? Like He's had a higher floor since he's been on the Vikings, which is yeah, really what you – if you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, you just got to hope for yeah, a relatively high floor, which is like 10 to 12 points. Terry's um, the scares the shit out of me too. He's, he's just a deep threat that can just go off whenever. Yeah, and I, I think he's the perfect example of a wide receiver who just needs a quarterback to throw him the ball. Hundred percent. Which like is not the most complicated statement to say. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, he just needs a quarterback to throw him the ball. Magic Johnson, cool, funny joke. But it's like, true. Carson Wentz didn't throw him the fucking ball. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, whatever, he's really good. Um, and like maybe ETN's a game changer for you. Like he got banged up in week twelve and then just hasn't really done anything since. No, um, those, two, those, those three weeks were so encouraging. I dumped the uh, the bag of bones, James Robinson, on you. Yeah. Uh, then he went off 29, 22, and 31. I was I was happier than taking shit, and then he got injured. Yeah. Ho- hopefully, he gets back to it. I think um, there's just so much in this matchup that is wildly entertaining. Yeah, that's like, why. I think I think if you remove Chris and Jimmy's drama, like on paper, this is probably the closest. And I think I think actually that's why I was so bummed to lose Kyler because I was actually excited. Like this is an even slugfest. Not saying it's not now. Obviously, having Tannehill sucks, but yeah, uh, there's still anything can happen. No, for sure. And and yeah, this is the closest projection in the first round. You guys are within like three and a half points of each other or four points of each other. Um you you're seven seven, he's eight and six. You've basically had a very even, almost the same type of season. Um you have guys like Bam Knight and Isaiah Pacheco on your bench who are like who have more upside, I think, than Zeke Elliott, yeah. but like are so much riskier. That's the thing. I've I've been debating all week. Do I slide in Pacheco? Over, over Elliot, but I, I, I know what Elliot can give me, which is twenty touches, forty yards, and two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. Yep. <laughs> and, like, and on the contrary, like Pacheco has in the last four weeks, he's got 14, 18, 20, and fourteen. Yeah. But he's also had forty percent snap share, fifty one percent snap share, forty five percent snap share, forty three percent. It's like, like Phil was all over me to give him earlier this year. I'm not going to enter dirty laundry. Thank God I didn't. But yeah, you get him up in the spec 60s, 70s, snap share. Like this guy's going to be a monster. It's it's um the sleeper keeper pick for you. Um, like you could go Henry, Ayuk, Etn, Pacheco, or right you could you, go. you could throw in Zeke. You could throw in Hopkins. You can throw in Juju. Like it feels good to have options that aren't Patriots D and Lamar Jackson for the first time in three come years. On, come yeah. a long way, man. <laughs> That's awesome. How are you feeling about yours? Um great and scared shitless at the same time. Yeah. Like how good would it be if you got the Kamara six back on Phil? Oh, the curse would be reversed. I'll say this. When I gave up a first for a 27-year-old running back who's probably going to most likely definitely get suspended next year, um, it was mainly to just, like, 
feel better about the fact that my team has been 500 or worse since Kamara's six rushing yeah, yeah. touchdowns in the finals. And like, feels like, oh, there's no curse. I'm like, in my mind, it's a fucking curse because I haven't done anything since then. And that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And, and let alone on Christmas weekend, jackass, asshole. Sorry. Wait, so your, so your projections actually should be higher when you put in the defense. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like right now, Phil's projected for 140. Why don't you have a defense in? Uh, because I have too many guys on my roster, so I'm just kind of waiting for someone to be ruled out before having to drop any of them. Okay. Um, and luckily I don't have anybody playing on Thursday night this week, so I don't have to make a decision like I did last week because I picked up a defense that played on Thursday. Um, it would be a shame if you forgot to start a defense. Yeah, no, no like way. Like someone else on the podcast who forgot to start a cornerback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, if I... I don't know what would have to happen for me not to <laughs> incessantly check the fantasy football on Sunday, you know. Uh, but lo and behold, I, it's he's currently projected for 147, but he also has 18 from Ramondre Stevenson in there, and I don't know if he's going to play. He uh, he looked like he was in rough shape. Like, I mean, what's I up with Robinson's injured? I think yeah. the Robinson one is more of just like, oh, they're coming off a bye. They're giving some guys a maintenance day, and they're just going to say like, well, he's kind of got a banged up quad. So yeah, I think I'm not, I won't be surprised if tomorrow he's a full participant, but we'll I'm see what happens. the most terrifying player on this team. Who? Kelsey. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's coming off a bad week where he had 11 points, which is after a week where he had seven points. So like, He's kind of due based on the history of Travis Kelsey, where he's like, yeah, always on fire, uh, considering he's a 12th overall player in fantasy this year. So against the Texans, having Debo for him would have been so huge this week. Yeah, that was a tough loss. Yeah, so like he could, he could potentially have to play Brian Robinson, George Pickens, Rex Burkhead, and Josh Palmer. And he's still favored over him. Well, yeah, it's because Ramondre's in there right now, uh, and I don't have a defense. So, like, if if all these guys play for Philly, he's going to be projected for 147, and I'm going to be projected for 138. So it's going to be off by about 9, 10 points. But also, these projections are just so fucking crazy. Like, a defense being projected for 13 points when the Saints have gotten over 10 points – once this year. They're not putting much stock in whatever that quarterback name was, Riddler. That's Riddler. The- Ritter the Riddler. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That and like they they have a good defense. No Gabe Davis. We're not gonna talk about that. We'll talk about it. No, we have to. we will. Well we will. So with the trade when I gave away Walker, I gave myself way too many options um for a playoff run. Because I didn't even know if playoff run was going to happen, um, and I then traded a sixth round pick in twenty twenty five for Elijah Moore, and then I had to drop Elijah Moore because of all my players on my roster, yeah. and um, then put in a one dollar waiver wire claim to get him from Andy, who Andy tried to <laughs> snag him, but since Andy doesn't have any Fab money, I knew if I put in a dollar, I would get him. I'd um, and like to circle back to the Gabe Elijah Moore thing, we have a bet 
that we made it the, in the offseason that Gabe, I bet that Gabe would have more points than Elijah Moore, and he bet that Elijah would. And it hasn't been close all year. And Gabe hasn't been good for about two months. Yeah. And that's how bad Elijah Moore has been. Now, that being said, Mike White, if he plays, I'm playing Elijah Moore because Elijah Moore got 10 targets last week. Yeah. It's the Bills. He's playing Detroit. It's Detroit's been a, they're the worst pass defense in the league. I think I said the Titans were, but the Lions statistically are the worst, but they've also yeah. been kind of good in the last couple of weeks. They haven't been so bad defensively. Well, it's um, interesting, right? Because you got, it's not even like you got a bunch of options. You got Gallup, Lazard, Davis. I like your thoughts on more. more uh, uh, White seems to like them. White yeah. Yeah, like, like I'm probably gonna have to drop Michael Gallup if all my guys are back. Yeah, like, whatever. It's him or Michael Carter, and I think Gallup's probably gonna be better for the rest of the year. But I have a bunch of other wide receivers and no other running backs. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's just it is what it is. And you know, I think the Fields versus Burrow matchup is kind of a wash. Neither of them have good matchups. Uh, but either one of them could go boom. Um, Mixon versus Ramondre is pretty much a wash. Um, and then Kamara versus Brian Robinson. You know, in theory, Kamara is the better option there. Yeah. Uh, he falls into the Dalvin Cook category where he's been doing it for years, and they're going to give him that 15 to 20 point pro- projection just because of the name. Uh, but he hasn't been good for a while. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. You got CD versus Christian Kirk. I mean, advantage CD, no doubt. Yeah. Garrett Wilson versus Christian Watson. I mean, you would think you're going to, the safer bet is Garrett Wilson, but who the fuck knows about Christian Watson? I mean, Christian Watson's been kind of, yeah, kind of stud. It's like very, very good. And also, like, who else does Green Bay have in terms of targets, right? Yeah. Like, they're going to get Romeo Dobbs back this week. So that is a storyline to consider. Um, Lazard is still there. Aaron Jones is going to be is healthy, so like, I don't know. But they also have like a very good matchup against the Rams from a passing yeah perspective. Uh, you know, and then Phil's got Pickens. I've got Elijah Moore. He's got Kelsey. I got Njoku. He's got Burkhead. I got AJ Dillon. Probably not going to play AJ AJ Dillon. He he's in there right now, but I don't know what I'm going to do. If Traylon Burks plays, I'll probably play him. I'd, I mean, based on what I've been doing all year and what I did in the draft, I should be playing Gabe Davis and I should be keeping the faith. But I mean, if Jones doesn't play, you're really not going to start going. Uh, Jones is practicing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. If Jones wasn't playing, I'd I'd play Dylan hundred percent, and I'd feel fantastic about it. Um, I think Mike froze. Yeah, so Mike froze. Um, I don't know what happened there, but oh, hey, okay. hey, <laughs> yeah, good. I was like, "Fuck!" Fournier bailed on me a couple weeks ago. His computer died. I didn't have to do this again. Shit. No, you gotta gotta love the the downtown Boston shitty Comcast Wi-Fi. Great. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, I we'll wrap this up with I don't know 
uh, at the end of the day, who's going to go in my flex spot. But if Mike White's playing, Elijah Moore is going to be in my lineup, and it's going to so, be amazing. So who's winning? Look, I got to go with my squad, pulling yeah. it off. What do you think? I'm, I, I'm going to go with you, too. I don't know why. I think I think Phil's, Phil's – Stevenson, yeah, Phil's got a tough injury bug right now. He needs Kelsey to drop 40. Yep. I will say Pickens has to have one of the most impressive season of highlight reel catches with some of the worst quarterback play I've ever seen. Yeah, Pickens is a dog. Yeah. He's a dog. Yeah. Big I dog. love Pickens. Um, but yeah, that wraps up the um, the playoffs. All those matchups are going on. And then um, Mike is sitting pretty. Mike Staz is sitting pretty, waiting for who he plays next. And I believe. And then you Mike... got uh, Patty and Kareem with buys in the toilet bowl. That's yeah. Um, so bad they get a buy. I do love LaBar's idea last night. Oh, yeah. That's a big one. That's a I, real big one. So let's talk about that. What was his idea again? Instead oh, of a buy, you get to pick someone from the toilet bowl that you have to play. <laughs> so, like, imagine Staz picking Kareem right now. Or yeah. what do you pick Kareem? Kareem's coming off a win. I don't know. Yeah, Kareem's hot. And he almost didn't beat Pat, so maybe he wouldn't choose Pat. Maybe maybe Fournier's the pick. He could only muster 70 last week. I don't know. Yeah, I think um... – Fournier doesn't really have a roster anymore. Um, he's projected for 39 points this week. He only has like, yeah, really the guys good. that he's keeping and then Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas. It's his way of being like, they're in my starting lineup. They have value. Trade them. Yeah. Trade, Drew, for, I mean, trade Drew's, with me. Drew's projected for 22, which is great. Yeah. So is this the, year, the first year of the lottery, the formal lottery system? This is the first year for the lottery system. No. So, don't ask me to explain it. I've been uh, pretending that I didn't understand it for so long that I actually started not understanding it. Like, I un- I got it a few weeks ago. I was like, oh, cool, the lottery's based on this, we got races, the whole thing, blah, blah, blah. And then I thought it would just be funny to annoy Fournier and Andy by asking obnoxious questions. And in I result, I've... Like no, not at all. Yeah. And uh, I have in result gotten so confused that I can't wrap my head around it right now. So um, good times there. Yeah. The most important thing we got to talk about tonight is your Spotify wrapped. Yeah. We, we talked about it with Phil Fournier and I last week and I loved it. It was amazing hearing what everybody listened to. So uh, tell us a little bit about your wrapped. And we'll start with, let me make sure I got this up here. Um, how many songs did you listen to? Um, that was actually not the right, not the best place to start. You mean, you mean playtime? Just tell us everything you see in whatever order is best. Hold on. Can I, can I, I can pull out my rap right now, right? I listened yeah. to a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers this year. There you go. Probably too much. Never. I think it also, you can tell what kind of mood I'm in because I probably have one of the more more diverse uh, song selections where I'll swing from like rap and hip hop all the way to like aggressive emo indie rock. So, (laughs) um, yeah, I think one of the accolades they gave me was I was an adventurer 
in 2022. Yeah. That, that pretty much probably means that they were like, what the fuck were you listening to? Um, what What is the description for that adventure? I don't know, but my fifth biggest genre was Vapor Soul, which like I have no idea what that means. Was what? Vapor Soul. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? I got modern rock, indie rock, indie pop, rap, vapor soul. <laughs> All right, so no, I could be what vapor soul is. So we joked about the fact that my number one was Stomp and Holler, and okay. I didn't I didn't know what the fuck that was. So googled it, and in 2017, it was a thing, and like Reddit and shit, and basically it's bands similar to Lumin to the Lumineers, but what it comes down to is I listen to an excessive amount of Mount Joy. And that's the Mount Joy category. Mount Joy. They're that's so good. good. So my morning started with comforting, melancholy, feel good. I then in the afternoon transitioned to laid back, lit, poetic. Oh, poetic. Kind of fits my vibe. There you go. And then I embraced the night with chill, upbeat, feel good. Yeah. My one gripe about this is like, I think I'm onto a conspiracy theory that the playtime includes podcasts i don't listen to podcasts so this hmm. is just strict music listening yeah like one girl that caroline friends with listened to like eighty-five thousand minutes and it's like that's literally impossible <laughs> that's I, actually impossible i think what i had was well, 34 000 minutes yeah i had fifty-four thousand, and like but i you i listen to podcasts? i listen to some podcasts for go. sure, there but also go. at the same time, if I wasn't listening to a podcast, I'd probably be listening to music. That's so it can't, it can't be that far up. But like, you only had 34, 30 something thousand. I feel like. Yeah. Well, honestly, I when I listened to a ton of music was when I was um, commuting into the office. I don't commute that much anymore. So when I'm on calls, I can't put music on. You know, yeah. so it's taken, and I actually stopped listening to music in the gym too because I'll just like put on a TV show and I'm on the treadmill or the elliptical. Makes okay. it go by so much faster, but so who who were your top five? What were your top five songs? My top five songs were, um, uh, hold on, they were, um, "I Love You So" by the Walters. Okay. Right down the line by Jerry Rafferty. The yeah. great, great song. Great That's song. Great song. Great song. T Love by Quarters of Change. Staz knows that one. Okay. Um, Cozy by Aerosol Jesus. It's another that's a deep cut. That's yeah. that's probably the uh the vapor soul right there. Yeah. Uh, and Age of Age of Anxiety by Arcade Fire. That's another Staz one. Ooh, Arcade Fire. Yeah. yeah. So so according to um fzsblog.space whatever the urban dictionary associates vapor soul with the likes of edm indie pop and lofi lofi okay another site mentions vapor soul with similar genres adding in electro pop chill wave and indie poptism okay so that's definitely yeah i listen to a lot of that guilty yeah guilty of charge like I love the fact that it's like, oh, you listen to 84 different genres. I'm like, 
What are those? Well, it's funny too, right? Because like Red Hot Chili Peppers was by far my number one band, but they didn't show up. Any of their songs didn't show up in my top five because I would just like, you know, uh, be like outside at my parents' house or on the porch here, or like just have an edible and just toss on Stadium Arcadian and just listen to like 27 minutes, 27 songs. Like, yeah. it's unbelievable. Um, but yeah, I think too, like, one song was um, um, Bella by like the new Chili, Chili Pepper stuff is awesome. But yeah, anyways, I digress. That's all good. Um, what else do you got on there? Um, yeah, my big, my artists were Chili Peppers, um, this band called Tender that I love a lot. They're, they're definitely probably Vapor Soul. We were promised Jet Packed, which is a British indie rock band. Okay. And then um, this didn't age well, but a lot of Kanye West and Drake. There you go. Like I said, I'm all over the place. Although I don't buy the Drake thing. Like, that's, I didn't listen to that much Drake this year. Some of the things on. I'm calling BS on that. Some of the things do seem weird. Like it said that I listened to a lot of Hippocampus this year. But like I listened to a lot of Hippocampus two years ago. Yeah, I remember because we were talking about that. We got we both got really into Hippocampus in like 2020, 2021. Yeah, and like I didn't really I listened to like probably three of their songs a, a bunch of times this year. What was your but, adjective? What was my what? Adjective. I was I'm the adventurer i'm a seeker of sound i venture out in the unknown searching for fresher artists that is true yeah. deeper cuts newer tracks especially gems yet to be found exploration newness variety and uniqueness i have three of those words i was a i'm a time traveler okay uh like a musical i mean you listen to a lot of classic stuff but i don't even know if i do like here, here's what it says. All right, so you're like a musical time traveler, a sonic historian. You seek out music that's new to you, regardless of whether it's new to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, exploration, timelessness, variety, and uniqueness. Okay. Um. But you like newness, variety, and uniqueness. Yeah. Or actually, same thing as me. Yep. Um. Yeah. Spot. I we talked about last week. This is the coolest fucking thing out there. Yeah, all the jokes about like the other companies doing raps are so funny. I don't even know who else is out there anymore. I gave up on Pandora years ago. Well, no, one... jokes are like like you know Pornhub raps or Google Incognito raps. Uh... Like... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Pornhub. But yep. uh, yeah, it was um this it was I I feel like it's a good idea with the algorithm slightly off i didn't agree with all of them i agree with some of them i also feel like it's skewed to what you've been re listening to recently not like for the whole what I was aggressively listening to in february of, last, of 2022 you know what i mean yeah i didn't start listening to mount joy or one of the top five songs is blood bank by bon Iver. i didn't hear that one until june oh, that's a great song it is a great song that is great. um well i know we've been doing this for a little bit so let's wrap up with a couple of questions here yeah would you rather draft on a yacht 
or go to Vegas? Yacht every single day of the week. And where where was this? Where is this yacht leaving from? What are we doing on that yacht? Um, what do you envision? Where, where I, I mean, what are, like wherever? I I love the boat. I love boats. I love the water. Um, I don't know, like Vegas. I think Vegas is criminally, criminally overrated. Like, I, I, the only fun thing about Vegas is getting off the plane. <laughs> and what, arriving or getting off the plane after you get, both, when you get home? Both, both. <laughs> like, both. I made it. <laughs> yeah, cool. I'm not cramped on this six hour flight anymore. But then you're like, oh, Jesus, I have to drink and smoke cigarettes for 20, for 48, 72 hours in 120 degree heat. Yeah, I think um, I would be interested in going to Vegas again just because I won't have to drive there or back. Yeah. So, like, when we went last time, I drove home to California for three and a half, four hours or whatever it was by myself. And it was like, I was you know, hearing shit. I was hallucinating. Like, low <laughs> grade. I don't mind that. I'd rather be in control of my own destiny. Like, I left the draft out at 4 o'clock in the morning because I went to sleep at nine this year. Yeah. I banged out a three hour drive, came back and went to sleep. It was great. Plus a million bucks. But if I gotta like wake up, go to the airport, go through security and be around a bunch of people I've never talked to, oh I'm the most miserable traveler in the world. Especially see, in Vegas. See like but after airport is brutal. Like after a draft weekend, the last thing I want to do is like be responsible. For something. There, I'd rather I'd rather do in my own thoughts with me driving and music. Yeah. I think I, I might just be scarred because that drive back from Vegas, I was like, I'm driving down through fucking mountains in a car with terrible alignment that was shaking. And I'm like, I'm gonna drive off the fucking mountain. I'm gonna die. Well, well and die. like you're like counting your breaths, you're making sure your heart's still beating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean, hundred percent. It is like having someone else do your dirty work, but at the same time, it's like Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I'm, I fly often to work, but yeah, but I do. A yacht. I do. I do agree with you. I think being on a yacht would just be fucking amazing. Be what so else? Badass. Yachts are real. Not many. I'm not on yachts often. I would um, love to see Labar on a yacht. I would love to see Labar on a yacht. And that would be out of control. Yeah, I look. I could. I've probably out of our league been the most like involved or cross paths with the most boats and yachts etc because of my work history um us being on a boat would be amazing yeah It'd be absolutely amazing incredible, incredible. like just... i do have to give it to uh to kareem i think like having the the draft guard this year was a, a nice a nice touch um, yeah i think that was that was smart I and mean, we'll see we'll see if phil decides to show up to one of these ever again but um so, yeah. have you been to more drafts than Phil? Well, I've been to the last four. So, <laughs> so I think the answer four is I've been yes. To. I will say, <laughs> Phil decided to come back and go to Cape Cod instead of going to that. You got some explaining to do, Phil. I mean, that's a challenge, Phil. You got to yeah. come back on the pod and defend yourself here. Yeah, uh, hey, Phil. We we just want to hang out with you, man. That's true. That's true. It was cool having him on the pod last week. I'll, I'll say that. Um, last question here is you've recently 
been engaged or gotten engaged. Well, yeah, almost a year ago now. So like, what's going on now? What's next? Like, how does it feel? What What are you guys doing next? We should bring her on the pod and ask her that question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. We're taking our time. Work, work's been crazy. Um, I also did the hard part and got the ring. So I'm kind of following her lead in terms of what's next. We've actually talked about just doing like, just getting the marriage piece over with and like a small ceremony and then doing more of like a party. Yeah. The prices right now are just like insane to throw a wedding. And like, I'm not, I'm, I think you know this from years of hanging out with me. I'm particularly stubborn and like, I'm not, I'm, I'm just not going to pay some of these prices that are being thrown around. Just yeah. ridiculous. Ridiculous. And they're, the funny thing is like, they're so cavalier about it and they will not negotiate. Like, not at all. No, I mean, look, there has to be more people who are stubborn in these situations who say, no, I'm not going to yeah. do that. Yeah. Uh, because their motto is, well, if you're not going to do it, someone else will. 100%. So we're, and... so long story short, we're being selective, but now we're trying to think like, what are some smart things to do? Like, you know, do we do more of like a marriage and a private ceremony and then have like more of like a party with family and friends, which you don't get charged the wedding tax. It's cheaper. It's yeah. less, it's less of like a, a big thing. So we're trying to think creatively, but like we're not in a rush. We're, we're happy with where we are. And Caroline and my mom are, you know, planning it out slowly, but surely we'll figure it out. It's been good. That the, I think the most insane thing about being engaged is like the, perception of pressure or just oh. like the amount of pressure that some families put on people on kids time. and at work it's like so did you get when are you get married it's like i we got engaged a year ago nothing's changed like yeah. just stop asking me please yeah god yeah like who it's the biggest thing about a wedding is like it's your guys's day 100 percent. and whether it's parents or mom or whoever or just like the image that people have of what weddings need to be it's never really about those no. who get married it's more it's more along the lines of oh we just spent all day and all night doing all these things we didn't even get to eat how was the food did you guys like <laughs> the food great i'm glad you liked it yeah 100 you know uh, where i actually proposed at the place that you and jack came over to when we got hammered at that bar crawl watching the uh olympic hockey game like five years ago no shit yeah yeah that's yeah. fucking awesome yeah i took her we went on to a couple of bars we bar crawled and then like i came back and just pretended to fall asleep on the couch so she passed out because he can nap anywhere yeah and i was just wrapping my tied the ring around maddie's collar and sent her in to wake her up and the rest was history that's awesome but it was yeah, actually dude. in that apartment that we had hung out in a bunch of times in burlington <laughs> yeah. dude burlington just where amazing things happen. I love Burlington. It's the best. It's like, it's all, I, we were there over the summer for Jimbo's bachelor party. It was just like, this is fucking like my second home, you know? I love, it up there. I love it so much. And like, it's interesting that you, um, you did it that way. Cause we've had a couple of discussions on the pod about like, what's the best way to propose. And like, I think probably one of the best days in Jacqueline and our, my relationship was the day, I proposed because I did it at sunrise and like everything that day was just amazing food. We had perfect 
the the service perfect everything was perfect like it didn't fucking matter what actually happened because we were just in such a good state of mind like i couldn't recommend it more just do it first thing and then enjoy the rest of your day. Well, that was the funny thing, right? Like I, the, the the ring was like burning a hole in my pocket. And I was like going to wait until Saturday. We got up there Wednesday night. And I, like halfway through Thursday, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? It's just like, just do it. And then like we had an awesome dinner that night. We went out to a couple bars, FaceTimed our family. Yeah, it was great. But like the whole like waiting thing, I was like, it's the dumbest idea. I, I got to just do this. Yeah, just got to do it. Um. Like, I'll be honest, I'm happy for you guys. Who cares? It's been a year, whatever. Figure it out when you figure it out. It's your fucking wedding. It's your choice. It's your money. Thank do whatever you want to do. Um, I think this, from when we, Forney and I started this podcast a few months ago, like, we had a vision of what we wanted it to be. And, like, the basis of it all is our fantasy football league. But, like, also the basis of it all is, like, what this football league means to all of us um in real life and having everyone kind of come on the pod at different times and like just kind of doing going through like flashbacks and memories of everyone all the times we've hung out and all the things we've done in our lives it's like the coolest thing like i will just want to do this pod every week for god knows who how long because being able to hang out with you even though it's just for like an hour or so like I don't know the last time was that we actually hung out, but it just feels like you don't miss a beat. And like, you know, it's kind of cool. It's, it's, it's impressive, man. And I think like we obviously talked for a little bit before we even started recording, right? Like there's some, there's some really cool long standing relationships in the big show. And that was what made it so unique and enticing. And um, yeah, it's been, I know we, we like to joke and give each other a hard time, but all of us, but um yeah, it's gen- genuinely one of the cooler, the coolest league I've ever been a part of. But I think a lot of that comes down to the friends and the friendships that you have in here. And I think what you and Fournier kicked off has been great. I'm honored to be a part of it. Big week this week for the Big playoffs. Week this week. Big week. But uh, no, man, like, you know, there was a t- point in time where I'd, we would drive to school together and you'd show up grumpy as hell in your jammies. And now it's like we're talking 15 years later on a Zoom chat about, whether Gabe Davis is the kind of starter Elijah Moore, you know what I mean? It's kind of cool to see how how time flies, but I think what you guys have done is awesome. I love being a part of the league. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool to see how we've all transformed over time. Um but you know, we've we've been at it for a little bit. I know it's getting late. We've got things going on and shit. So uh I think it's a good time to kind of cut the cord on episode twelve of the big show podcast here. Love it. Um Thanks for joining, man. It was a blast. I miss you, and I hope I get to see you soon. Yeah, you, when you uh, when you come back up north for Christmas, you can claim the basement too, since it's rightfully yours now. Yeah, so. it's my basement, boy. We're coming. I like it. <laughs> good seeing, good seeing you, James. The big show. Best of luck this week. All right, man. Good, good yeah. shit. Good All luck, right. guys. Peace.